0: Welcome to It's Still Happening, the Ancestral Healing Podcast for those of us who have noticed or are curious about the generational patterns we want to break so that we and our lineages can live a life of freedom, abundance, and belonging. I'm your host, Ash Johns. As a spiritualist, coach, and strategist, I recognize the power and freedom in calling in higher ancestors for healing. We all have generational superpowers within us. It's my hope that you connect with yours, experience the transformation that naturally follows as a result, and receive the support you most need and deserve to live your destiny and leave a greater legacy behind. Now, if you've been desiring forward movement and growth, both personally and culturally, and know that we can't exactly move forward without going back, you've definitely found yourself in the right podcast and in divine timing. Here's your invitation into the world of ancestral healing and honoring the lineages of the past for a much brighter future. Welcome and enjoy It's Still Happening. Hey y'all, so before you even get into this episode of It's Still Happening, you're going to notice that I introduced this podcast as Healing is Happening. That's because your girl was going back and forth on what I wanted to call this thing if I wanted to rename it and ended up staying with the original name. But let me tell you something, I'm still growing, I'm still doing my thing and shout out to my podcast team because I was like, I'm not going to go and record all these things over again. So this season of It's Still Happening is (laughs) named Healing is Happening. But that's not true. So I just want to make sure you're not confused and you get what's going down because that's just how we're going to roll. All right. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Healing is Happening. Probably your favorite ancestral healing podcast with me, Ash Johns. I mean, I would think so. <laughs> At least I'm glad that you're back hearing my voice and exploring more about the world of or rather the overlap of the worlds of personal development, growth, discovery, and ancestral healing for personal freedom, cultural change, you know, going out and being a leader in this world and this evolving climate we find ourselves in as humans today in this century. So this episode is, as you might have read, healing is happening and no social change happens without spiritual support. And I really wanted that to be the title simply because with all of the uh, cultural change, social change, policy recommendations, deep conversations people are having and how our views are being challenged and are growing, um, it seems like spirituality doesn't belong in those conversations. At least that's what we have been conditioned to believe and what we have been told And that it should be, that the role of spirituality is essentially to soothe or to just make you feel good, but that doesn't mean anything in the world. It doesn't have any movement in the world, and it's just not true. One of the things I tell people all the time as it relates to the role of spirituality, spiritual practice, ancestral healing, and social change, cultural transformation, collective evolution, is that even psychologists and science tells us that logic doesn't heal fear. And we see it. If you've ever gone to therapy and you talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, it doesn't necessarily change the core fear or wound that you carry. It'll help you become more aware of it. You might choose to try to reframe your mind, but it doesn't necessarily eradicate the issue at the core. And we've had moments, I know I definitely have, where I'm like, I know logically this makes no sense. I know that I'm okay and that I can make a different decision, but Inside of me, energetically, the emotion, which we know it emotion is. It's energy in motion, right? We've all seen those memes. We've gone to the different things that break that down. (laughs) But the logic does not change the energetic vibration or charge that is holding you in the um, physiological response or in the belief system response that directs your behaviors and your relations day to day. So when everyone is talking about social change and policy change and deconstructing and decolonizing, I think it's very interesting That this movement is rooted in knowledge, intellect, institutionalized processes of learning, reading, and maybe some exercises, which is great. But I think that's very interesting that we're saying decolonize, but we're using more practical knowledge and no spirit or energy shifting. Because consciousness is more than what is uh, a tangible knowing straight up. Like that's the only way I know how to describe it. It's one of my favorite phrases. That's the only way I know how to describe it, but it is. So education is just more knowledge, not to say that we're knocking education, not to say that that stuff isn't needed, but I'm here to present another point of view in addition that is missing in this great movement and this great like awakening we're going through. And to me is that education is knowledge, And it often doesn't lead to behavior change. It's just more information. And people will argue and say, well, through education, you can take more action or different action or different behaviors which is true but not when the energy underneath that is still rooted in great fears that are not only your own but that have been passed on from generation to generation to generation so when people are saying i'm going to unlearn the behaviors and the beliefs of my family members or the culture i belong to or my race or my economic class i'm like that's great but i haven't seen any world leaders or great people who've affected cultural change not have a spiritual practice think about that i would love for you to think of someone who is great i would love for you to take a moment to do some research like even pause this podcast episode right now open up your mobile device and look up anyone with whom you respect for their great impact and growth that has helped humanity and i swear to god (laughs) <laughs> and goddesses that you are going to notice that they had some practice even if it was meditation even if it was working at an ashram doing yoga mindfulness praying to their spirits asking for guidance hell muhammad ali was muslim everyone has had some type of spiritual support in order to energetically shift who they were and to support them and resource them and the change and the impact in their life and in the world, their calling, their purpose, their leadership into this world always and will always require some spiritual aspect. And if you really want to do the research, you will go back in time and look at how every tribe, every group of people, every clan, right, would go into spiritual counsel before they plotted their crops, their seeds, right? Before the seasons would change or as the seasons would change, they would go to the mountaintops, do their singing, do their dance, do their petition, look to the east, west, south, whatever, look to the stars, call on the ancestors before they even went into war or before they went into council. These things have never been separate. Strategy and spirituality go hand in hand. Point blank, period. And I'm here to bring that back to the masses, back to our practices, back to our ways of being, because without that counsel, we are leading only with our own knowledge or the regurgitation of knowledge that is amongst others that is still sitting with the energies that we're trying to heal. We must have new energies come in or even old energies that carry a new wisdom because they have rested, aka the ancestors, who can come in and give us the energetic and spiritual resourcing to lead anew, to see a new horizon, to have wisdom and discernment that is not in a motherfucking book all the time, y'all. All right. In the past few years, the discussion around ancestral healing has blown up in a sense. This makes my spiritualist and healer heart so very happy because I know that when more people are open to connecting with their ancestors to heal the wounds we're carrying, the more capacity we have to be the change in the world. Hey, y'all. I'm Ash Johns. And my experience has shown me that connecting with our well and elevated ancestors can break generational curses and open our ability to accept support and resourcing in our current life. And who doesn't need more support and more resource? I've worked with several individuals one-on-one in this way and realized that if I made space for a greater mass of energy, we could make bigger ways for more people to create a ripple effect of healing. That's what the month-to-month membership of Healing is Happening is all about. Twice a month, individuals just like you, looking to make a deeper connection with past relatives, develop relationships with their ancestors, and move forward without the baggage that's been weighing them down, meet in a private community for facilitation, guidance, and support in their journeys. If you've been looking for a safe space for culturally sensitive topics that always arise when we're doing our healing, if you've had the desire to heal your whole lineage rather than a single soul at a time, If you've been aching for a trusted guide who not only walks with integrity but lives the work themselves, here I am and you're not alone in this. You have your ancestor's support and you definitely have my encouragement. Healing is happening and we'd love for you to experience it in the now and in your life. To join the Healing is Happening membership community, visit healingishappeningforme.com. I can't wait to see you inside. Okay, so this is how we're gonna open up this episode. I'm really passionate and excited about this. And don't get me wrong, I really appreciate those who are on the forefront leading these conversations and opening up awareness, right? Essentially, that's what it is. Conversations allow us to become aware and to look at our behaviors and question it, which is great. And there is some potential for change and movement, but it's not until you get to your heart, to the energy source, that we really start to shift things at the root. Now, another thing about education and knowledge as the forefront or the only tool of respect as it relates to social change, um, social justice, cultural change, is that it puts folks into this position of what's right and what's wrong, and they fear that they're gonna do it wrong especially when we look at this through the context of racism white supremacy ideology and like white people moving into saviorism or trying to do the right thing to be an ally or an accomplice which i'm not knocking that stuff i'm just saying it further invokes the energy of if you're right or wrong as opposed to being in relationship and moving from a a heart-centered space that we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to create harm or cause harm but that it can come into balance again if we're willing to show up with new energy Another example is for this online business and coaching world, I see this all the time, is spiritual entrepreneurs trying to get all of this knowledge and education on how to run a business and help people and step into leadership in their own path. But instead of coming into a heart space and coming into creativity and starting to get their wounds healed from the core, they're still running around trying to gather information and do it right. Social change and collective change is not a right or wrong thing, it is a process. It's a living, breathing energy and entity that we are all connected to. And leaving out spiritual practice support and very specifically ancestral healing is literally just scratching the surface in my opinion. What I know is that emotion or shifting of energy right, is what heals fear and shifts stagnation and stuckness in a certain way that it's been held in a certain belief. This is when people say I was moved, I was moved into emotion or it really touched my heart or the spirit came over me and I just knew I had to make this decision, right? When we say that, we're forgetting because we think that there are these little colloquialisms in our culture, right? Or ways to talk. But really, we are literally saying, I felt the energy shift inside of me. And that's what motivated me to, to take a different approach or to change my vote or to show up differently or raise my voice or to go against the grain and stand for what I truly believed because I felt it in my spirit. I couldn't even ignore that. And I don't think information, facts, and figures give us that. Right? We'll see facts and figures and we'll still logically analyze them and try to create these pathways around them and like justify them or question them. And it's just all up in the fucking head. And I'm a really smart person. (laughs) (laughs) right? I love to do research. I love to connect the dots. Like I was straight up a qualitative researcher who took quantitative data and matched it with people's emotions to tell a story to influence masses, to buy things in bulk scale. Like that was literally my career at a time, right? And so I don't mind data and things that, that make it solid, but we're missing the soul and the spirit that really moves people further than what we give it credit. And that kind of gets underneath my skin. Like sometimes people are like, yo, Ash, you're not (laughs) – no one actually says this to me because they think I'm actually very intelligent and and articulate, which – I am. I've been told that my whole life, but I don't use all these big fucking words and shit. Like I don't be reading dictionaries and doing all this stuff. I just speak from my heart and that resonates across the room. When I walk into the room, it carries the energy of connection and calling people in because I work with my energy. I can say that the day is long and the poop stinks and someone will be like, yo, how you said that made me chuckle and I want to know who you are. and I'm like, word, because I'm walking with the energy of glee and joy and curiosity and fun and approachability and that's going to penetrate more than the words that I say right and if you're a spiritual entrepreneur or a business person I hope you listen to this particular episode within that context because you're getting keys on what will help you be more successful with influencing and calling in your people who are ready for your services for their healing and their growth hint hint you're welcome (laughs) but we have to feel something y'all We really do, and information can only do that on an individual level potentially, but when we see film, when we hear songs, when we have movement, when we connect directly with energy, maybe, I don't know, through spirits and ancestral healing, that's when we start to feel something and understand it on a deep spiritual level that does affect our molecular cells. It does affect the synapses and the different neural paths in our minds and our brains so that we have the courage to do what we want to do or we. Feel again, move to do it. Information does not reach ancestors. Information, books, logic, and teaching does not shift the energetic imprints inside of a lineage. I'm sorry to tell you, it can shift you as an individual. But as you know, if you're listening to this episode, and if you're only listening to this episode, I encourage you to go back and listen from trailer of season two all the way up to today. Obviously. Um, that this podcast and my work is more than about you as an individual or about me as an individual it is about the collective and that includes the dead and those who are around us so if you're interested in that kind of deep work that is the reason why I do what I do and that's why we want healing to be happening instead of shit's still happening, which it is, right? This is literally why I changed the podcast name from shit's still happening or it's still happening to healing is happening. Because when we get into the energetics of something, we know that it's constantly changing if we continue to go in and do the deeper work. Where we definitely get stuck and it's still happening when we're trying to analyze and try to only be in the logics. We need both. I'm always both and, I'm always both and, and I'll say it again, I'm always both and. So let me give you a couple examples uh, to bring this to life right this is why so many people have issues with diversity equity and inclusion movements you know there's a lot of talk about this on the linkedins when i decide to check in over there. I don't spend too much time there yet, but I will be back writing some articles and bringing this type of talk within the context of the business world. And I do work with quite a few diversity, equity, and inclusion um, strategists, consultants, and leaders in the industry, which I deeply adore and love that work and love those folks. But some of the people that are a little annoyed or frustrated with the DEI movement is simply because sometimes it does create policies that create the energy or indirectly, it's not the intention, right? but it creates policies that allows tokenism to happen simply because we're going from information and strategies without any heart. Whenever you touch people's heart or you let them feel heart energy amongst themselves and with their ancestors, if we're doing spiritual work, then the actions don't have to even make sense. It's easy to apply strategies and to hire with marginalized people and to change your policies where you're not looking at ticking a box. You are literally wanting to connect with people. The energy, the culture is not reverse engineered. It's literally cultivated from a place that's deeper than the logic of our minds. And what we know about Western culture, especially American culture, is that there's always a good lawyer and a shit ton of money that can get you around any issue. Which is another thing around DEI because someone, some lawyer, some room will be like, well, this is why we did it. Or look at the numbers. We actually did increase our enrollment of or our hires of or the salaries of, right? So it ends up being this checker and chessboard instead of coming from a place of humanity and heart and connection and care. When we get into the energy of something, stuff happens so much faster When we're playing around with our heads and trying to rob Peter to pay Paul or scratch this back in order to open this door or give a favor here in order for them to do a favor there, we're still spinning around in the same energy. And I kind of sort of see that, you know, like... We've all had moments of getting on the internet and someone's like, I turned off the comments of this post because people are going back and forth trying to be devil's advocate or trying to give another scenario where this comes into play. And not to say that context doesn't matter, but a lot of times people are arguing for the limitations of society instead of stepping into the possibilities of wholeness and care, and balance, and equity, and love, and togetherness, and all the other things that I can say. Fill in your own words, yeah? How this looks in the business and coaching world, or the online world, is that as spiritualists, we can feel Particularly spiritual entrepreneurs, our heart-led entrepreneurs, we can feel that the tactics that people are teaching around online business and the coaching world and the wellness world doesn't resonate with the work that we're actually doing. It's literally the antithesis. If we say we want freedom, that means I cannot use psychological manipulation right, and control tactics to push you into signing up for something. So therefore, the whole structure of online business or coaching starts to crumble which is something I teach spiritual entrepreneurs to not do and to learn how to leverage different skills and strategies that are aligned with their energy and their offering, so that they are not using these tactics that are anti-liberal, that don't represent freedom. And that's another reason why they fail to apply them. I can't tell you the number of coaches, psychotherapists, activists, like Great people doing fantastic work and they're like, all these other ways that people have told me I have to run an online business just don't resonate. It feels so yucky to me. And I'm like, I get it. Come into my world and I will support you and show you how I do things or let's find the strategies that work for you and your spirits and your path as blessed by your ancestors. And by the way, let's get you healing with your ancestors so you can remove these core rooms of fear and step into your leadership and your impact in this world. What's even worse is when some of those spiritual entrepreneurs take those tactics and try to apply them, but see no results. So they're really spinning their wheels because they've invested money and they haven't gotten any return, which is also not an alignment to the flow of healing because flow and reciprocity is part of the healing process. So the reason why they don't get results is because it doesn't resonate on the energy level. It doesn't even align with healing growth and change. It mostly just aligns with the energy of what society currently is that our business is here to change, all right? Every great movement, every great like shift in society and in culture took into effect or had an effect at a deep level because people felt something. They resonated and had empathy with the plight of another. They saw their own energy in that energy of another person, right? Common ground was connected. What comes to mind around this is the film The Best of Enemies, I think it's called. The Best Friends of Enemies or The Best Enemies. It has Taraji P. Hinton in it and it talks about how she ended up being elected and brought into a board Um, along with a Ku Klux Klan, KKK. I always have a hard time saying Ku Klux. That's weird. Um, But the KKK president down in North Carolina, and they were brought into a board to kind of resolve the situation as a community around integration. Everyone was like opposites, like black, white, we cannot integrate class. Like this is them, this is us. We're for the people, we're for all. And it was only through the kindness, and I'm gonna get into the controversy of that, but the kindness of black folks showing up for each other and them as a people as a community starting to share stories and see the humanity over each other that the energy started to shift and the guy ended up voting in favor of integration and like ripping up his kkk membership card and voted in preference um, that made them win and turn over the local politics That allowed integration and for the resources to be shared with black folks. Again, I bring up this example because it was only when someone felt something in their heart energetically, which is spirit, right? That everything started to shift and he was able to be brave enough to do what his other fellow men and women could not do. So yes, information can give you that. It'll try to use logic to persuade you. But at the end of the day, when people don't feel anything, they don't do it. This is the reason why marketing is centered around emotions and feelings and giving you a vision of who you could be or who you could become or who you could be adjacent to, what you could have and the excitement of that or the softness of that. When you invoke emotion and energy, then people will take action. We don't truly take action. We, we are informed and we're in consideration when we're getting data and information. But this is how it works as humans right now and don't get me wrong i do appreciate that information can have us becoming aware it can have us having conversations that we never had before but again when it comes to great change a shift in perspective like having the capacity and the resource and move in a different direction that also gathers other people to follow we need spirit we need energy we need motion right we need connectivity on a deeper level otherwise we're moving in a space of i can talk about something I can have a gut conversation on it. I can present myself as smart and knowledgeable on it, but that doesn't mean at the core the energy has shifted and we've transmuted it, as I talked about in last episode. Healing is where the energetic charge around something completely transforms into something else. You no longer relate to things in the same way as you did when healing is actually happening. It's a totally different experience. So when you do ancestral healing, you experience heart level, energy level, the wounds and the blessings and the healing that is happening in your ancestors' energy bodies and in the energy and electromagnetic field that you hold and share with your ancestors yourself. Right? You are literally experiencing it. I've had people that are like, oh my God, goosebumps. Oh my God, my heart opened. Oh my God, I feel presence around me. Oh my goodness, like my skin changed, or I turned a little blue, or I got a little red, or I got tingly. Like your body will respond to energetic shift. It's literally science, (laughs) believe it or not. But your body is the response system to the energies around you. So when you start to experience that through ancestral healing and spiritual practice, we can then take the healing and the experience and roll it all the way up into your behaviors and shift your mind so it matches what we want to bring forward. That's why we do ancestral healing directly with ancestors. Now we have the energetic source shifting so that your behaviors will match it. Not from the mind, not from the head, from the spirit. When you change policy based on heart and spirit, there is nothing that's going to stop that. It's not about um, does it make sense. We know it makes sense and it's right because it feels right. Totally different experience. So as I was saying in that movie earlier and in even other films and movements, when we gather together and they see and experience the kindness of humanity, and not to say that kindness is the only way to experience emotion, That's not what I'm talking about. We can flip this coin and talk about experiencing great loss and grief that makes you take action. It's about the energy and energy is spirit. That's the real point I want to drive home here, y'all. I'm just putting it in more of the sweet and loving ways because we love that stuff. But the truth is, you can experience really, you know, not pleasant energy experiences, and that will also motivate you to take action. And that's why righteous anger is very much so needed. Marching in the streets, speaking your truth from that inner energetic space of like no more is very important. That is spirit work happening for global change, cultural change, just as much. Now, what we do want to happen is for us to not have to metabolize all of the energy and all of the grief of all of the ancestors or all of the loss of all of the women or all of the loss of all of the babies, right? We don't want to have to metabolize that energy all through our body at once, which is why we want to heal with the ancestors directly, have that contained so we can feel the energetic shift and show up with great capacity to do it without having our nervous system blown out as living humans but when you experience energy shift that's what really changed you not the logic I can tell you that right now what I'm saying the biggest takeaway here is that you do have to experience something on an energetic spiritual level in order for something to really take change from the root spiritual practice is an experience ancestral healing is an energetic experience You can operate from a deeply rooted sound space where you truly know without a shadow of doubt what you're supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to move, how you're supposed to carry forward to be the change. We can't only keep relying on logic and wisdom and knowledge. Only. It's it's literally half of the coin, right? From there, you can embody knowing the vibrational resonance and how that aligns with you and what you're going to do with it. And when you have that, you're not worried about how your actions or how your intention is misunderstood because we're all gonna make mistakes. I have conversations all the time from people who are leaders who are like, I'm so afraid of causing harm. I'm like, it's literally impossible not to cause harm as a human. Damn it. I I had I had a salad today and that caused harm. Like someone had to pick that, that uh spinach and I'm sure it said ouch when it's getting pulled from its roots, right? Like there's it's impossible to not cause harm but the kind of harm and the energy behind it matters when you didn't intend to cause harm you're showing up for change people can feel your heart-centered root and what you're truly about y'all can show up in community to work through things where when you haven't done that and you're coming by logic you're going to be trying to defend you're going to be trying to look around it you're going to try to understand and you're all in your head instead of embodying and in your heart People feel where you're coming from when you are energetically aligned with a spirit that matches the movements that you're taking in the world as best as possible. And you can really rally around that and rally around the times when you need to have boundaries, even though you're showing up in your calling or you are needing the support to course correct in your path because the energy is sound. It's deeper than just your mind and just you. And i don't want to talk about this only within the context of decolonizing work or anti-racism work or anti-impression and and inclusion work which side note i can't lie i think anti anything is really interesting because you're kind of talking about and adding in the energy that you say you want to eradicate but that's a podcast episode on energy manipulation for a later date but you can see this in business as i gave examples earlier it makes sense to me in that way because i am a spiritual entrepreneur and the things that we have been taught don't resonate with how we can do business moving forward right all of those ways contribute to toxic capitalism capitalism that supports these systems and institutions that we want to dismantle and that keep us fragmented and separate so you can look at this concept of bringing spiritual practice ancestral healing a deeper spiritual and energetic knowing to all of the logic or anything that you look at just logically all the time the fact is that we're either teeter tattering between the two we're either in all the logic and what makes sense or we're always in spirit and like our hearts instead of bringing the two together to work together again both and you can also see this within the context of relationship You can teach being in right relationship or responsible relationship or vulnerable relationship, but those concepts are just concepts and theory until you experience it with your heart. When vulnerability comes in, connection has occurred, and it's even better when you do ancestral healing because you're now being able to heal at the core the wounds that the ancestors may have or definitely do have around partnership, vulnerability, love, intimacy, consistency, commitment, all those things, Do the healing and bring it forward in your life as you practice being in right relationship, right? It's hard to understand something if you do not feel it. Even if it makes sense, it might not sit all the way in, as some people say, in your bones. You know, We want it to get into the bones. We really want energy and the brain to work together for deep embodiment. That's what I want y'all to know. So we're bringing spiritual practice, ancestral healing, to the forefront of social change, cultural change, global movement in your life and on all the scales. That's how I say that, on all the levels. And only engaging in the mind and not the spirit is half the work, all right? So I understand that that's just where society is right now. We're in the information age. We wanna gather all this knowledge. Those of us who are healers and spiritualists and living this thing, you know, we're a couple steps ahead. I've always been that way, you know, I've always been ahead of my class and thinking of the application thereof. And I'm not gonna lie, that's a real thing. I would always be like, So I'm done with my homework, I'm already advanced. Like, what are we doing next? I get bored really quickly. But I understand this is the the time that we're in. We're gathering information. I'm excited for when we want to go deeper into spirit and connect the dots of the two so that we can show up with the both and, again, be the change. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoy this episode. Reach out to me. Share what resonated with you. I'd love to hear it. And in the meantime, I hope you and your people are very well wherever you are. Have blessings. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode of Healing is Happening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to rate, review, share with someone you love, and most definitely subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Speaking of, I love connecting with others during their remembering, healing, and transformational journey. So feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Ash Inspires. Or if you'd like to connect on a deeper community level, check out my website and services at ashleyjohns.com. All the links to do so are in the show notes. Now I can't wait to hear about what's going down with your lineages, both of the past and present for your freedom and abundance. So don't be a stranger until next time, my friends, fans, family, and foes. I hope you continue walking your unique path of freedom with courage and compassion. May you and your people be well on the lands in which you get to work, live, and thrive on. And remember, healing is happening.